Hey girl, today we are talking about debunking some common myths centered around disordered eating and eating disorders. And we are gonna talk about the truth. If you have struggled with disordered eating or you have a loved one that struggles with an eating disorder, then today's show's for you because I'm breaking down seven different myths of disordered eating and the truth that will set you free. Let's go. Hey girl, welcome to the Her Best Self Podcast. I'm Lindsay Nickel, former competitive figure skater and perfectionist, turned God-led imperfect boy mom and digital CEO. If you find yourself constantly thinking about food and wondering if you'll wake up one day free from the obsessive thoughts and behaviors controlling your life, then I've created this podcast for you because I know exactly what it's like to be a downright hot mess trapped in the destructive cycle of disordered eating. I finally found freedom and you can too, girlfriend. So if you're ready to heal your relationship with food and body and break the chains of control and show up in your best health, then grab your favorite Tarjay journal and let's get to it. So you can start living your best life as your best self. Hey friend, welcome back to the show. And I hope you had a wonderful, wonderful weekend. I know it was not long enough over here. I feel like with baseball right now and both of my boys just going, 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 I can feel so slammed. But the good news, the weather is nice here in Virginia and we are really approaching summer and summer is my favorite. So I'm super excited to get down to the beach and really just spend time with my family. I absolutely adore the summertime. I feel like it just lights me up. I swear I was made to be walking the beach all of the days. But enough about the beach. Today I want to talk about debunking some myths that maybe you've heard of or maybe you are experiencing right now with a loved one. And so we are going to unravel and get to the truth because there are some myths out there when it comes to disordered eating and eating disorders. And I want you to hear it here. I want you to get the truth. I want you to experience life that is free from food, and controlling every single ounce of it. And girl, we've got to really understand and dissect and debunk some myths that are out there because they can leave you feeling trapped, stuck, not good enough, helpless, and in the same place. And we are not doing that. We are doing life differently. And that's why you're listening to the show. Number one, it's all about body and physical appearance. Eating disorders and disordered eating is all about body and physical appearance. This, my friend, is simply not the case. Maybe you've heard you must be really skinny or be able to see someone's bones in order to have that look and in order to have an eating disorder. And this is simply not the truth. Now, I will say models and social media have given a rap in terms of the image of the common eating disordered person and what they look like. However, most people with an eating disorder are in fact not underweight at all, which means you can't just tell by looking at someone, right? You cannot judge a book by its cover and anything else in life, and this goes for eating disorders as well. In fact, less than 6% of people with eating disorders are medically diagnosed as underweight. 
Academy for Eating Disorders has this scientific research that 75% of people don't seek help because they don't feel like they're sick enough. Friend, you do not have to be underweight to have an eating disorder. If you struggle with disordered eating, you are not alone. 75% of people are not getting the help and the support they need because they feel that they're not sick enough because they are not anorexic, or maybe they are, and their body is just not showing the physical sign of being starved. Friend, you aren't alone here. I want you to go back and listen to episode 20 when I talk about that you are valid and this thing around being sick enough is just not truth. It's not all about body and physical appearance, and you don't have to have a certain look to have an eating disorder. In fact, this is so false, and I'm truly passionate about bringing the awareness here because it's simply not true. While anorexia really is tied to restriction and that low BMI, researchers examined death rates of all types of eating disorders, and I want you to hear this. Individuals who abuse laxatives, who vomit, who purge, who overexercise, actually had a high risk of sudden death due to electrolyte imbalance, heart attack, organ failure, and stress. Sister, if you overexercise, if you restrict, if you binge, if you purge, if you have any disordered functioning whatsoever in terms of your relationship with food and your body, the National Eating Disorder Association and the National Eating Disorder Organization also claim that this has absolutely nothing to do with how you look. It's not all about body and physical appearance. You cannot look at someone and say whether or not they have an unhealthy relationship with food. In fact, majority of the time, we have absolutely no idea. And that's what makes eating disorders so deadly and so, so scary. Number two, it's all about food. So we just talked about it being all about the body and people will say that all the time that there's that special look of someone that has an eating disorder and that's not true. Well, neither is it all about food and it's, and it's not a choice either. Yes, disordered eaters focus heavily on food and weight and all of that, right? Because there is a stigma of perfection or wanting to be better, however, Researchers link this way beyond than just food alone. It actually ties into anxiety and depression and perfectionism and ADHD and OCD and mood disorders, body image distortions, the list goes on. But eating disorders are mental illnesses and those mental illnesses are tied to psychological, biological, and socio-cultural roots. So it's really more about control. It's more about identity. And you will hear me talk on the show how we link false sense of truth and false identity into our eating disorder that takes over who we are, body, soul, and emotion, and person, and all of the things that are who make us us. And so this is why that control, that unworthiness, the power of the mind has so much power over you, sis, because you are constantly living in that state that's a false state. And this is why you can't just eat a burger to recover. And so when people will try to help those that they love and say, you should just go eat some more. Maybe if you gained a bunch of weight and had weight restoration happen in recovery, you would just heal yourself. 
But the truth is that's not true. There's so much more mental stuff that goes on in the brain and it has nothing to do with food. And it's not a choice. So we need to be very careful when we're talking about disordered eating and eating disorders and we're out there talking to those that we love because this is so much more than just food. This is worthiness, it's control, it's perfection. Every single client I work with, and if you're one of them and you're listening right now, all of these things are hitting home for you because you know that in recovery, we have to create the very best version of ourself in order to shed the false sense of self. And that all ties to looking at who we truly are. It's so much more than food. It's all about identity. Number three, dieting is normal. And it doesn't mean that I have a problem if I'm on a diet. Sadly, all right, I want us to get for real, for real here. Sadly, society and diet culture have forced fad dieting down our throats. I mean, it is billions on billions on billions of dollar industry, okay? And so constantly the chronic dieting is one of the main things that is pushed in our society from juice fasting to carb cycling to Pelotons to all of these things. And we've turned wellness and the sense of being healthy into the over extreme. And sadly, chronic dieting is one of the main culprits in developing an eating disorder. However, restriction and cycles of binging and purging, limiting calories, trying to manipulate your weight, having a love-hate with the scale, and focusing on either losing or maintaining weight by over-exercising is disordered. Unless this is done due to a medical necessity and you're working and being instructed by a healthcare professional, then trying to lose weight to maintain a sense of appearance or always be on a diet so that you can be a certain number is disordered. I feel like culture tells us it's normal, but it's not, sis. Dieting is not normal. Intuitive eating and listening to the way that your body feels and performs at its best, nourish to flourish, is normal. Restricting is not. Okay, the fourth myth we're gonna debunk today is I must follow a meal plan in order to experience recovery from disordered eating and an eating disorder. I might get some backlash on this one because I love my dietitians out there. I will not claim to be one. In fact, when I was recovering from my anorexia, I worked side by side with a dietitian and a recovery coach and a therapist, as well as my medical doctor. But I will be the first to go against this. And while some people have very strict cases, and I did, I was instructed and I did benefit from meal plans in the beginning of weight restoration and in the beginning of getting healthier from my eating disorder. I do believe that I developed and became super controlling and rigorous, almost like a math equation around calories because of a meal plan. Because of that over dieting, I constantly was looking for ways to restrict. And so it became super, super mathematical for me to leverage a meal plan to get into disordered eating behaviors. And so what I will say is that before my anorexia even happened, you know, I had no clue what I was eating every single day. I didn't track my food. I didn't log my food. There wasn't my fitness pal. Like 
None of that occurred. So I didn't know. And then I became super obsessed when I was introduced to a meal plan to really structure and follow that meal plan. And so for me personally, in order to regain my sense of purpose and strength through recovery, I had to follow a healthy structure. And I did start with a meal plan, but very quickly talked to my dietitian about how that was not serving me. For me, being very rigid and for me following every single meal and every single plan, it put me in just another thing to do to check off to control instead of actually leaning into recovery and embracing change and learning how to listen to my body. I will say many people do benefit from meal plans, especially if you're unsure of what to eat and you need help and guidance. I'm not discounting that. What I am saying is I recovered from my eating disorder without staying on a meal plan and following it, okay? And I want you to hear that. If it's hard for you, if you become really restrictive and controlling because you're trying to follow your meal plan, for some people, this is what this will look like and play out like. You're following your meal plan and you're getting to your meal plan and you're finally eating what's on your meal plan and then you feel like your body wants to eat more than what's on your meal plan. And that little small still friend in your mind will come back and tell you that you can't because that's not on the meal plan. That's an example of what I'm trying to share. You can recover. In fact, I never go on a meal plan. I never have a meal plan. I leverage the five by five with my clients. And I feel like for me personally and many of my clients, they look forward to having options to choose from. And then when they finally are at a place where they feel like they can trust themselves to make sure they're eating enough, There's not that huge necessity for a very rigid and strict meal plan. I do believe that meal plans can be helpful. However, I don't feel that you have to have one in order to recover from an eating disorder. Number five, family dynamics are the cause of disordered eating. This is simply not the case, and I'm gonna break it down for you right now. I had the two best parents on the planet and the most incredible childhood. And I had the most debilitating experience with anorexia. Many parents blame themselves for their child going through these illnesses. And the truth is, I just wanna talk to someone today because I want you to hear me. Mom, dad, sister, friend, you did not cause an eating disorder to occur in the life of the person that you love. Now, it is known that genetics play some into the development, however, not the cause. Just like parents can't cause cancer and parents don't cause anxiety, that's not the only thing going on in that person's life. It's not because of the parent. It's not because of the childhood. I want you to hear me. I had the world's best parents and I still had a near-death experience with an eating disorder. I would put my mom, who did save my life, you can listen to it in episode one, up against any mom out there. And the best thing that she did for me, so if you're a parent and you're listening to me and your child struggles, was to be there to support me. She did not take no for an answer. She wasn't gonna just sit there and let me struggle with this. She got in the boxing ring with me and she was like, Lindsay, you're gonna tell me all day long you're fine. 
and I hear what you're telling me and I respect you, but I love you. And part of being a parent is for me to love you and I want you to know that you're enough and we're gonna work on this together. And I'm not judging you, I'm just here for you. And you know what, that's what it took for me. Month after month, conversation after conversation until I finally realized like, this is eye-opening, you're right, mom. Like this is not working in my life anymore, I need help. And she was the first person that was there. And so I want you to hear me, stop blaming yourself. Your family dynamic has nothing to do with why you have this going on in your life. Maybe you had a hard upbringing and maybe it contributed to some of it, but this is a coping mechanism. It is a mental illness, okay? And so I want you to hear me. This is not the cause. This is not the cause. Number six, eating disorders only impact women. Simply not true. Eating disorders, like I mentioned with number one, and it not just being about body and physical appearance and having a certain type of look, there is no one size fits all. There's no gender that it impacts. There's no race and ethnicity. Like it's all of the things. It's simply not true. It impacts anyone and everyone. Yes, eating disorders impact more women than they do men. But according to the Center for Disease Control, and a Harvard study, they found that every one in three people diagnosed is male. What is really interesting to me is that the distortions play out a little bit differently. So while women are really rigorous around losing weight, men are around building muscle and have these distortions and these food controlling behaviors. And with that in mind, the vast majority are actually heterosexual males, contrary to popular belief. Eating disorders don't just impact women, they also impact men. Number seven, eating disorders are for a lifetime. Sister, if you've been telling yourself recovery is rare, I can either do this one day I'm on top of the world, and then the next day I feel like I can't do this. The black and the white thinking, the truth, that is gonna set you free today is recovery is possible. And not only is it possible, it's highly probable for you. How do I know? I'm a freaking statistic here. 60% of those who struggle will survive and recover. And I'm here to tell you, I can't even simply imagine life like it is today from when I was in that place. I was so caught up in being in my own bubble, I had no idea what was yet to come for me because I was wrapped up in the mind and the mind is so powerful. And I want you to go back because I talk all about the power of the mind in multiple episodes. When I released and surrendered my desire and what I wanted to God who created me, because I could no longer do it. I could no longer be here in this body doing these behaviors. I was miserable. I was at a breaking point. And I knew that I couldn't do this, not another day. I couldn't do it anymore. I was so tired. And in that moment, I thought to myself, I can sit here and I can let this kill me or I can rise up because I'm not a quitter. And I want you to go back and listen to that episode if you haven't yet already. It's not gonna be black and white. It's gonna be gray, so it's gonna be gray. 
but I'm not a quitter and you're not a quitter and I want you to get super, super clear with you, okay? I want you to get clear with you. Go back and listen to episode 12, the biggest lies you're believing that are keeping you from your best self. Recovery is possible. It is so possible. Is it gonna be hard? Yes. Is it gonna suck? Yes. Are there gonna be times that you feel like you're gonna die? Yes. Are there gonna be days that you hate it? Yes. Is it worth it? Yes. Is there life after it? Yes. Is it possible to never go back to an eating disorder? Yes. Is it possible to relapse? Yes. Is freedom possible for me? Sister, it is. And having peace with food and your body is possible. And getting all of that is going to take you believing in you even when you don't yet. And it's going to take support and accountability. So if you're listening today and you're out there and you think that you can do this by yourself, I truly hope in my heart that you can. But why would you want to? Why wouldn't you want to get help and seek support from someone who's been there, from someone who sees you, from someone who's been you? And if you're looking for that support, I want you to reach out. I want you to go to lindsaynickel.com. You can apply for personalized coaching right there on my website where we will hand in hand, week after week, work together on your recovery journey. But even if you decide that I'm not the coach for you, or you're just here to binge listen to my podcast, sister, I want you to know that you cannot do this by yourself because there's gonna be days that are hard and you're gonna need someone on those days. You weren't meant to do this alone. I hope that today's show and debunking some of these misconceptions has helped you understand a little bit more about maybe your relationship with food or maybe someone that you love that is truly struggling, how you can help support them. Friend, I want you to know that I love you. You're on my heart this week. You have big plans. You have a big purpose. Don't let the enemy steal your joy. You are so much more than disordered eating. You're a warrior, you're a queen, and you deserve to live your very best self. I'll talk to you soon, girl. Bye for now. Oh, friend, thank you so much for letting me share what was on my heart today. My hope for this podcast is to help more women find freedom from food and body. If this has empowered or blessed you, let me know. I'd be honored for your rating and review of my show, and I'd love to connect with you in my private Facebook community. You really can move from perfection to purpose. Let's break the chains together. I'll help navigate the way. Until next time, bye for now, girl.